Ricket and Shine, a So Powerful Parable by Dana Buck. So, I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am! Who will save me from this body of death? Romans 7, verse 21 through 24. Ricket and Shine addresses the age-old challenge of trying to live in a way that pleases God while battling with a selfish nature that wants to please itself. Think of it like living with two dogs in your yard. Whichever dog is fed will be the stronger dog. Ricket and Shine, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. Come along with me, my friends, for there's a tale to tell. It's a story unfamiliar, yet I think you'll know it well. Our setting is a tree-lined street, and along this avenue, people live their daily lives, just folks like me and you. One address in particular our attention does require, so welcome to the hearth and home of Timothy McGuire. His house is freshly painted white, the trim of forest green. The lawn is mowed and neatly edged, the walk spotless and clean. A picket fence, a spreading elm that shades Tim's perfect hedges and flowers for the butterflies on all the window ledges. Yes, Tim's a quiet, tidy man, hair combed, shoes shines, shirt pressed. But there's more here than meets the eye, as by now you might have guessed. And so let's stroll around the back, past roses and lilacs, around the hedge, beyond the elm, to circle round the back. And as we step into a sunny yard, it will be worth remarking that the songs of birds and the hum of bees are now replaced by barking. For it's time to meet the other players that figure in this rhyme. So without delay, I introduce Tim's dogs, Ricket and Shine. Shine is a retriever with a face that's bright and bold. From wagging tail to glistening nose, you'd swear he's made of gold. His portion of the sunny yard, neat as an Easter bonnet, contains his dish, a few dog toys, and a house with his name upon it. And every day it's Tim and Shine in games of catch and fetch, then restful walks down shady streets to give their legs a stretch. Yes, Shine is just the kind of dog that makes your heart beat faster. He always seems to focus on how he can please the master. As we leave Shine in his sunny spot and move across the yard, the shadows seem to deepen and the ground grows dry and hard. Here bushes feature snagging thorns, no flowers seem to grow. There are no neat trimmed hedges, nor is there grass to mow. Step carefully as you proceed into this thorny thicket to find the leaning, peeling shed where lives the dog named Ricket. What is his breed or pedigree? Well, no one really knows. Those crooked ears, that stumpy tail, (laughs) that we'll never see dog shows. His fur's not white, I'd call it pale, reminds one of a ghost. 
With scattered brown and blackened spots, he looks just like burnt toast. His side of yard is filled with holes with bones he gnaws and chews. There's scraps of leather that I'm sure were once Tim's best dress shoes. When Tim is asked, why keep that dog? He shrugs with a sheepish stare. I guess it's just because it seems he's always been back there. Besides, he doesn't eat too much and keeps out of the way. And after all, I've got my shine when I need love or play. So every night, like clockwork, Tim feeds his hungry pets. He's always sure to measure out exactly what each gets. Shine licks Tim's hand and wags his tail as his bowl is filled with care, while Rickett plans and schemes and plots how he can increase his share. So from his shadowy hiding place, a little web he's spinning. If you could see him through the murk, you'd see that he was grinning. So as the dusk moves into night, attention turns to sleeping. Shine curls up warmly in his house, while Rickett, from the yard, is creeping. The sun comes up, the shadows fade, and Tim awakes and yawns. It's breakfast and the paper, then outside to cut the lawn. As he steps out of the door onto the porch and back, he stumbles and he nearly falls. Now what the heck is that? It's then he spies upon the floor a pair of argyle socks, a radio, a rolling pin, three different kinds of clocks, two snow tires and a saxophone, a length of garden hose, a fishing pole, a new cell phone. Uh, Tim really needs one of those. A 10-speed bike, a jello mold, a case of motor oil, binoculars, a rocking chair, six rolls of aluminum foil. And trailing from this bounteous pile, past boots and baseball mitts, a trail of paw prints in the dirt lead right where Rickett sits. You brought all this stuff up here? Tim said, wide-eyed to learn it. What the heck will I do now? I suppose I should return it. But Rickett knew what was to come. He watched its slow formation, that deceiving, selfish reasoning we all know as justification. I suppose if folks had wanted this, they wouldn't just have left it where anyone could come along like you did and just get it. And as Tim spoke, old Rickett saw his plan work to perfection, while Shine looked on in wide dismay, alarmed at this direction. So, said Tim, that settles that, as he approached the pile of plunder, holding and examining each item now with wonder. That evening it was mealtime, and Rickett laughed with sweet delight when his bowl held three times the food as Shine's did on that night. Next morning, as he jumped from bed, Tim raced out towards the back and wondered as he reached the door, would there be another stack? Well, sure enough, the porch was filled just like the day before. Tim looked left, then quickly right, as he brought things through the door. Rickett sat out by the steps, and triumph was his mood. You can almost feel his nasty grin as Tim gave the dog more food. And so the days turned into weeks like fruit from ripe to rotten. Rickett and his thieving ways and shine all but forgotten. 
Tim's house and yard neglected and his hedges all a tatter. While Shine grew thin and wasted, old Ricket just got fatter. Until one day, a magic day, a Tuesday I recall, there came a little miracle due to one red croquet ball. The ball was one of Ricket's finds, the last one, I presume, and when Tim brought it to the house, there simply wasn't room. Every nook and cranny filled, each closet, shelf, and drawer, the bedroom, hallway, kitchen, den, from ceiling to the floor. And as Tim stood agaping at the stuff there by the ton, he swallowed, blinked, and weakly said, Oh, Lord, what have I done? For as the scales fell from his eyes, his greed and pride now shrunk, and what he'd seen as treasure, he now knew was useless junk. The croquet ball slipped from his hand. It landed rather hard. It crossed the floor, then down the steps, and rolled into the yard. "'Twas a good thing that Tim's hands were free. "'He needed them that day, for as he stood, he wept aloud, "'and they wiped his tears away. "'Just as he thought his heart would burst, "'came a sound from just behind. "'He turned, then stopped, and forced a smile, "'as up the steps came Shine. "'The dog was thin and oh so weak, but giving it his all, "'and in his mouth what do we see?' He holds the croquet ball. He drops it at his master's feet and sits and wags his tail, as if to say, this is love, and love will never fail. Tim can feel the warmth within like the lifting of a fog, and with a heart now filled with joy, he kneels and hugs his dog. Well, he's weeks and weeks returning things to neighbors far and wide, till every item is returned to where it should abide. On every trip to make amends, he's joined by his retriever, for joy should be allowed to shine, and that Tim's a firm believer. But what of Rickett, you may ask, and all his schemes and plots? Well, he's retreated to the furthest, darkest corner of the lot, and there he sits among the thorns and gnaws upon the urge, to watch and wait and wait and watch for the chance to reemerge. And the moral of this little tale, the truth we should be heeding, be mindful as you fill the bowl, which dog you may be feeding. Ricket and Shine is a metaphor for one of the greatest battles we face as Christians, the battle within our own minds and against our own members. When we are born again by God's grace, we are granted a spirit that desires to know and to please God. But that spirit is still wrapped in fallen flesh that seeks to please its own desires and whims. These are often in direct or subtle opposition to the way in which God would have us live and relate to others. Our minds can be pulled this way and that, alternately by the call of God to renew our minds and by the flesh, which still seeks its own pleasure and its own ends. Our salvation is not the question. That was assured by our acceptance of God's grace through the gift of Jesus. No, the question is the quality and the effectiveness of the life we will lead as Christians. Remember, 
Paul's writings in Romans chapter 7 described his struggle after receiving Jesus as Lord. Two natures reside in us all, the one that seeks to please God and the one that seeks to please the flesh. And as it is with dogs, whichever nature gets fed will be the strongest. So how do we feed our nature that seeks to bring us closer to God? Among other things, it involves where, how, and with who we choose to spend our time. The things and images we put before our eyes and into our ears, and the cognizance to know that each day we must make choices about this. A great place to start is Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let's all strive to feed shine, that part of our nature which leads us closer to God. And let's don't forget that Ricket lurks in the shadows, ever scheming and looking for his chance to snatch a meal. <laughs>